Are you a lawyer who needs CPD? I've teamed up with Law CPD to make that task easier for you. Law CPD provide premium CPD for Australian lawyers and they offer so much more than just another webinar. Law CPD's courses are online, on-demand, interactive learning. Law CPD are offering Doing Law Differently listeners $25 off of their first purchase using the code DLD25. There are over 100 courses across all competency areas, so visit lawcpd.com.au to find your next CPD course and make sure you use the code DLD25 for your $25 off. You're listening to Doing Law Differently. Join me, Lucy Dickens, as I explore how the world's most progressive legal service providers are doing law differently. Hello, welcome back to the Doing Law Differently podcast. I'm Lucy Dickens. If you're a long-time listener, thank you for making this show part of your weekly routine. And if you're new here, then welcome. Doing Law Differently is this, my podcast, where I share interviews with lawyers who are leading the way in legal innovation. I really try to focus my interviews and the content that I share on the practical. So I'm really talking to people about what do you do differently and why do you do it that way and how do you do it? So I try as much as I can to delve into some of the behind the scenes of their business. I'm also a lawyer. I'm a senior associate at a small firm in Perth, Birmingham Wright, where I lead the development of our consumer legal services, which means that I very much practice what I preach. And I'm also an author. I've written a book, It's Time to Do Law Differently, How to Reshape Your Firm and Regain Your Life, that was published in November last year and became an Amazon number one bestseller very quickly. That book is all about how to reshape your firm and regain your life. And in it, I share my six-step framework to doing just that. Today's interview is all about people skills. I'm joined by Peter Connor, who has developed a T-shaped lawyer framework that's all about the skills and competencies that we need as modern legal professionals. Peter works with firms and in-house legal teams to help them roll out his T-shaped lawyer framework through his business, Alternatively Legal. And his aim is not just to improve teams, but to transform them. In the interview, Peter and I talk about what does it mean to be a T-shaped professional, what are the skills and competencies that we need, and how can we go about acquiring them. If you like the episode or the podcast, please leave me a rating and review. It really helps other people find out about the show. And don't forget to hit subscribe so that you can be notified of any future episodes. For now, though, here's Peter Connor of Alternatively Legal on the Doing Law Differently podcast. Enjoy. This episode is brought to you by Nexus Law Group. For those seeking positive career change, Nexus Law Group offers senior lawyers the freedom of sole practice with all of the support and infrastructure you need so that you can focus on what you do best, practicing law. Contact Nexus to find out how you can take the next step towards a more rewarding legal career. Find out more on the Join Us page at nexuslawyers.com.au. Hello, Peter. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Lucy. Thanks for inviting me. You're most welcome. You call yourself a legal architect, and as I understand it, you work with in-house teams to help them become more effective by helping them to develop skills that are broader than legal skills. Now, that's my understanding of what you do, and you're going to expand on that for us in this interview. And you do that through your T-shaped programs that we'll come to. But before we come to those, I wanted to ask you to tell us a bit about your background and your journey to where you are today. Yeah, thanks, Lucy. Yeah, I've been fortunate to have a diverse and, and global legal career, first with Baker McKenzie in Sydney and Hong Kong, and then 
about 25 years working in various regional general counsel roles for tech companies in the US, uh, UK, Switzerland, and Australia. And finally, in a business role, leading a team of techies, developing a range of software products um, for a compliance tech business in Asia. So when I was working in-house, I kind of discovered a different way of working as a lawyer. And it started me thinking consciously that, you know, there's uh, up until that point, you know, there must be a better way of working here, one that resulted in being more fulfilling for me and, frankly, more valued by clients. And in short, the reason for that, I think, was that it's about the lawyers thinking of ourselves more as business professionals, not just a legal professional. And so I'm not the only one, of course, to discover this secret but or even to talk about it, but I, I think I'm kind of probably one of the few people who have actually put together a program that actually then helps other lawyers to sort of transform. So I talk about transforming from being just a lawyer to, um, to a T-shaped lawyer. When you say you wanted to find a better way of working, what was it that you wanted to improve specifically? Yeah, good question. So I think, you know, for most lawyers, working as a lawyer can sometimes be a little frustrating um, in the sense that you do a lot of work that, you know, isn't necessarily that rewarding, that isn't that clients don't necessarily always value. You know, that I hear quite often lawyers complain that look, we're doing all this great legal work, but just client, they just don't really understand or appreciate it. You know, that ought to be an alarm bell, frankly for people to be thinking about, well, maybe they're not doing the right things, working on the right things. So it's really just, yeah, moving into a role where you're certainly as an in-house lawyer, you're more integrated with the business and you're more part of the you know, decision making. You're involved at a much earlier stage, not sort of as at a late stage as a sort of a check the box um, sort of thing. So it's really just, you know, I guess it's about that idea of being more integrated into the business. Or if you're working in a law firm, I guess, changing the relationship from a transactional relationship to a more of a trusted advisor, sort of, you know, sort of a go-to person who um, clients would want to go and speak to, not necessarily just about the law, but to get a a point of view on a problem or an opportunity. Let's talk about the T-shaped legal professional then. What is a T-shaped legal professional? Right. So the T-shaped legal professional comes from the T-shaped professional idea, which is you've probably heard about. Um, and that's the, in very broad terms, for those who don't know about that, it's this idea of most professionals are I-shaped, whether they're lawyers, accountants, engineers, whatever, having a deep expertise in one area, but frankly, pretty limited experience and skill set beyond their core domain expertise. And so the idea of a T-shaped professional is the idea of, yes, you still want to have your, your core area of expertise. You don't want to be a generalist, but you want to be an expert generalist. And you want to develop skills and experience beyond your core area of expertise, especially in a world where working collaboratively with other non-legal professionals <clears throat> is becoming more and more important in order to innovate, not just for the firm or the legal department, but for the organisation or clients as a whole. And that's where the quest for T-shaped professionals comes from. So what I've done is essentially, I had a program before I changed the name to T-shaped professional called Everything But The Law, mm. which I guess gives you a bit of an idea about what I was, where I was coming from. But when I came across that T-shaped professional construct, I thought, perfect, that really captures, symbolizes what I'm really talking about, this idea of being more than just a lawyer. And so that's really what it's all about. It's about you know, doing, thinking about that both at a team or firm level, 
and also at an individual level. There's two programs, two broad programs. So it's about expanding on or adding to those legal skills. The the practice of law is the vertical part of the T, right? And then across the top, the horizontal part, we've got some other competencies that you say are important that legal professionals or all professionals, but obviously you've applied this to a legal context, that they need. So what what's on the horizontal? What kind of things sit in there? Yeah, good question. So that's the thing. So most people, when they talk about the T-shaped sort of lawyer or professional, they just talk about, let's add a few soft skills to it. Well, mm. <laughs> there's a bit more to it than that. If someone says that, you pretty much know they don't really understand the idea um, very well. First of all, skills is only one part of it, and, and certainly those skills are not soft. Um, I like to call them power skills. And so, for example, in that category, <clears throat> you've got things like process improvement, design thinking, project management, a range of data and digital skills, those kind of things. But beyond skills, I have sort of four other uh, horizontal dimensions, competencies, knowledge, qualities, and mindsets. And um, it's a, and all of those things play a different role. They're not all the same, and the distinctions between them are very important because the way you develop those things is different and the way that they I guess the bang for the buck, what you get in return for developing those aspects is different and they're somewhat interrelated as well. So it's quite a a complex thing. But by developing all those things progressively, you can become um, more of this um, expert generalist. Or as one of my clients in Asia, a law firm, likes to refer to it as sort of a, a multidisciplinary legal and business professional. Can you talk us through each of those horizontals, just an introduction to what each of them are? So you've told us that there's the skills, competencies, knowledge, qualities and mindsets. I mean, I know you're not going to go have the time to go into detail on each of them, but can you tell us what each of them mean just in general terms? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, mindsets, I think most people will be familiar with that. So the most um, well-known mindset that is the growth mindset, Carol Dweck, that's one of three mindsets that I talk about. So that's really this idea of the way you perceive things. So that's almost foundational, as, as Carol Dweck says. You know, it's almost upskilling and reskilling are almost a waste of time unless you address the, the core mindset. It's almost at the base of, of the thing. So mindsets is one thing. Qualities, of course, are, are attributes like empathy, for example, which underlie a lot of the skills and competencies and things, um, but aren't necessarily of themselves things that result in immediate you know, changes in the way people work. Um, Knowledge, of course, is pretty obvious. There's a range of dimensions to knowledge, and whether that's tech knowledge, knowledge, business knowledge, legal industry knowledge, for example, things like that. A lot of people don't know what's going on in the legal industry. So there's a lot of stuff going on there. Competencies, of course, are more general uh, things like, for example, change management, communication, those kind of things, which are general and over time can help to sort of result in immediate changes to work. But skills are the ones probably more than anything that you can learn to varying degrees and have a more or less immediate impact on the work that you do. So there's a lot in it. I knew that there would be. How do you tie it all together? You've told us a bit about what the horizontal elements are and you've spoken a bit about why it is that lawyers and legal professionals need these broader range of skills or they need the T-shaped framework. How? How do you tie it all together? If, if we're looking at, I don't know, you probably wouldn't call it upskilling. I, I have a feeling that you might not, but <laughs> you can answer that. How do we look at teaching these kinds of skills to our people? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's what, that's the kind of work. So, for example, 
Um, I've been engaged by a law firm in Asia. I mean, it's no secret, Rajman Khan. There are um, 10 offers, 1,000 loyal law firm in Asia, very progressive. And I'm working with them to literally roll out this framework throughout the firm. Um, and the way we're doing that in broad terms is we're um, looking at um, kind of figuring out, you know, there's a prioritization. Obviously, it's not about doing all this at once, although it's important to point out that, um, you know, remember, we're not trying to be an expert in all these areas. So there are different levels within each of these little individual components. And so I've mapped out sort of, you know, typically five levels within each individual skill, competency, or knowledge. And so you can start with level one, work up to level two progressively over time. So there's sort of a mapping there. Um, and we've done some broad mapping based on different levels within the firm, you know, junior associate, senior associate, blah, 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 on it goes. So you can do that at one level. But then the other level is, so I've developed some assessments where you can actually assess, you know, different people have certain strengths and weaknesses. So doing some assessments. And then from that, you build that into essentially, you build that into the professional development and learning programs for individual lawyers that then give them pathways and then inform their professional development plans. And so over time, you can progressively develop things. And, and so there's some structure in that sense. But but on another sense, you don't want to be too prescriptive. If someone's really keen to, I don't know, develop design thinking skills, then you don't want to hold them back. And so it's all about I'm working with the academy there at Raja Time. They take their learning very seriously. They have a dedicated academy. And so we're talking about curating a, a range of resources. I'm not doing all of the training. I don't particularly want to be, and, and I'm not the expert in all these, you know, individual areas. But you know, it's about providing a range of different modes of learning and then making those accessible and then encouraging people uh, to, to develop um, over time. I'm really glad that you clarified that in terms of saying that it's not about making people become an expert at every single area. Because although I look at the framework and I agree with you, I think, yes, these are the skills and the competencies that modern legal professionals should have. But I also live in the real world and work with people who have strengths in different areas. And it's not easy. Not everybody is interested in learning about design and not everybody is interested in learning about process improvement. And I know this because I see it in my work with the people who I supervise and I try and motivate them and get them inspired. And, you know, they're just not interested in this idea, but they're really keen on something else. And I like that you kind of qualified that by saying, you know, if someone's really interested or really good at design thinking, then let's work with them on that. And we don't all have to be experts in every single area. That's right. By the same token, and I quite often get asked this, look, is it okay? I don't particularly like tech, you know, can I just sort of forget about that? Well, the answer is no, not really. At least you have to have a level one or maybe a level two, because you have to be able to, as a T-shaped lawyer, to be able to identify, let's say, a tech opportunity or a design thinking opportunity. You may not be the one that then takes that forward, but you know that, hey, this is a design thinking opportunity and I need to engage with people who are more expert in that area and, and know who to go to and then how to work with them. Um, so it, it's not that you can just forget about everything. You have to have these different base levels, if you will, of pretty much everything and then just over time progressively you know, improve and, and enhance your capabilities across the board. But in, you know, some areas you'll be more interested and you'll, you know, scale more quickly. And that's great. 
I think that's an excellent point. It's about being able to identify the opportunities, but also I'd imagine being able to have an intelligent conversation with somebody else about the concept, even if you're not the expert in that area, being able to either delegate it or pass it off or identify the opportunity, like you've said, and then have some kind of handover and help to see it through. I can really see the value in that, in, like you say, having a level one or a level two skill set in that area. Yeah, and that's why, you know, the um, that's why I talk about frameworks, um, mm. you know, in the stuff that I write and when I speak, um, because I think the way most lawyers working in law firms or in-house lawyers go about this is it's very ad hoc, like, you know, when it comes to this non-legal area. So they might think, well, design thinking, I've heard that's pretty cool. So they go into a design thinking course or a process improvement course or something. And the problem with that is that, that's okay if you just want to be, you know, improve a little bit, but it doesn't really enable you, it doesn't transform you. And I, I talk about that distinction between improvement and transformation, you know. Improvement actually was fine throughout most of my career. I mean, I've been a lawyer for 30 plus years and I kind of got, I got by, I suppose, or most lawyers, I should say, got by with improvement. I, I wasn't satisfied with that, but, you know, sort of this idea of, you know, now things are different. The world is changing in ways that, we, you know, COVID is a great example. We just wouldn't have thought about before. And who knows with technology and um, lots of all the changes happening in the legal industry, what sort of jobs and where we'll be in five, ten years' time. And so I say that it's really important to be for people to become far more adaptable and resilient. And the, what better way to do that than to broaden your skill set <laughs> and your um, capabilities so that you can, you know, work in these new ways. And the framework, back to the framework, is gives you a structured way about to go about developing and broadening rather than this ad hoc approach that, frankly, most people take uh, to developing non-legal skills and, and knowledge. Yeah, I'm big on frameworks too, and I find them to be really essential, especially for improvement or transformation in areas where people who are leading the change don't necessarily know the path they know that this is where I want to be or I want to develop these staff with broader skill sets but I don't know how to get there and so giving them the framework it's like the map isn't it that this these are the steps that you follow and these are the things that you need to be focusing on to help you achieve that goal exactly that's right it really seems to me like this is a real focus on the human element of innovation or improvement when so much of the conversation about the future of the profession focuses on technology you're really focusing on the people side yeah that's right lucy in fact i gave a speech on this at a the recent legal tech uh, innovation conference uh, i'm not sure whether you've heard it i think it's available through there um and it was literally on that topic of ah. have we overlooked human transformation in our sort of obsession with digital transformation in fact in preparation for that, you know, speech, I googled legal transformation, and guess what? Almost everything comes up around technology and digital, and no surprise because you know that's how a lot of people are making money out of that. And um, but there's no mention of human transformation, and so that's exactly right. I mean, I've pretty much since the day I started, you know, alternatively legal um, over five years ago. That's what I've been focused on is helping individuals to change, to change their way of working. I mean, by the way, that's an important point. It's not about, you know, learning these, you know, all these capabilities and things so that you can just continue to work in the same way and to practice law. It's about working in an entirely different way 
And unless you think about it in that way, well, you know, sort of what's the point? I mean, it's got to be something bigger than that. And that's why I'm really promoting this vision. That's why I talk about transformation. When you think about, well, what is transformation? It's think about, you know, going from a caterpillar into a butterfly. It's not about being a better, you know, caterpillar. It's a, mm, that's an improvement, yeah. Yeah. So having this vision of what does that mean? And so what the Teach That Lawyer Framework helps is to tease out the the vision of what that means and then translating that into how can you then apply that. Um, so it's not just about doing design thinking courses. It's about you then need to be able to know how do you can you apply that in your day-to-day work. So that's where I try and focus. And um, I've had a lot of fun working with probably over a thousand lawyers now all over the world. Um, that's the other thing. Well, until COVID at least, I was flying all over the world doing some great work with um, very interesting work with um not just companies in-house, but also increasingly, just recently, some law firms as well. Um, and it's a lot of fun. And I personally really enjoy that. And I've, I've lost that sort of personal, you know, connection now when we do things with Zoom. It's, yeah, it's, it's not okay. quite the same, is it? Yeah. yeah, I know, I know what sure. you mean, especially when you're presenting and facilitating. That is very different when you're not in person. I haven't heard that presentation that you just mentioned before. So if it is available online, send me the link and I'll include it in the show notes because I'm sure some others would like to listen to it as well. You just mentioned that you are working with in-house and we're recently working with firms. Is the framework the same? Are the skills that we need and the competencies that we need, are they the same whether we're working in-house or in a law firm? That's a great question. Um, generally, yes. There's one area where it's a little bit different um, in the sense that, you know, business development, for example, is obviously not something that um, someone working in-house necessarily needs, but they, um, I have another um, skill which I call business partnering um, that is very, very, very central um, to being a T-shaped lawyer in-house, and it's something I've written about Many, many times uh, for what, you know, many, many years, probably 15 years ago, I wrote an article on effective business partnering for in-house lawyers. So, and of course, business partnering is a concept that um, applies differently when you're in-house for the reason that, you know, you're in the business, um, or at least you should be. And so you have a, an opportunity to do things that if you're working in a law firm, you don't necessarily have to the same extent. However, you know, business partnering is something. By business partnering, I don't mean people often get this confused. They think about the noun being a business partner. Um, and everyone who talks about business partnering typically means that, you know, meaning I am a business partner in the sense that I've got a good relationship with my clients and I understand the business. Well, that's that's fine. That's necessary, but not sufficient. The idea is that, you, it's, you know, you've got a seat at the table, so to speak. It's a question of what you do when you're sat at the table. And that's where business partnering comes in. And there's still a role lawyers working in a firm can do some pretty cool things around business partnering, but it's just a little bit different. It's more nuanced in how you can do that. So, but but subject to that, yeah, most of the other areas are are, are more or less similar. There are some slight nuanced differences, but no, by and large, it's the same framework. So if it's the same framework or similar framework for in-house and in law firms. What about different levels of the organisation? Are we looking for the same skills in juniors as we are at a partner level? Great question. 
So I sort of touched on that very briefly early on by saying that it's this idea that even a junior lawyer, I get told sometimes that junior lawyers should just focus on the law, right? Isn't that the thing? And, and I said, well, yeah, uh, true. That would be the, their major focus, particularly in a firm. But what's to say they shouldn't be starting to develop um, so remember that level one is pretty simple. It's about, frankly, understanding what it is, what that skill, knowledge, quality, mindset is and why it's important. I mean, that's kind of at its simplest what level one is about. And everyone could and should know that from a very early age. And in fact, when you think about tech, you know, a lot of junior lawyers, frankly, are way ahead of senior lawyers, especially people of my generation when it comes to tech. And What's to say they shouldn't, you know, be able to contribute and be thinking at a higher level, perhaps, um, in that particular area? Than a, so it's, I would say that, yes, you would certainly, and as, as I mentioned, working with that law firm, you know, we've got a sort of progression. So we don't expect a junior lawyer to sort of be high up the scale on all of these levels for every component. And that's just not realistic. But it's not as it's not to say that they don't need to worry about it and they should just focus on the law to start with. So yeah, just just again, the, that's where the levels come in, and you can think about different levels, and I think that helps. Yeah, so equally important, but they they have a different focus. And if you're a junior, it might be more about understanding what the different concepts are, and then the more experience you get in, I guess, the vertical right of the T, then you start to increase your level of competency in the other areas. Would that be about right? Yeah. That- that's exactly right, Lucy. And the funny thing is, too, about this is it's self-reinforcing. So it's not like one or the other. And I mean that in, in a number of different ways. So firstly, it's not like by focusing on these non-legal schools, you're somehow choosing not to focus on the law. That doesn't, yeah. That's not the case. No. And secondly, the, by the bill, it's funny, the better you are at being a, you know, this T-shaped lawyer, this, these broader business skills effectively and uh, capabilities, the better you will be at being a lawyer, the, the vertical stuff. And that's be, primarily because, you know, you're getting engaged at an earlier stage. Clients, whether they be clients and you, you work in a law firm or particularly if you work in-house, you're going to be brought into the conversation um, at a much earlier stage. Why? Because you've got something more to contribute than just legal advice. So wrapping it up, what advice would you give to someone who wants to do law differently? If you had to boil it down just to the, the most important thing, what would that one piece of advice be? Okay, great. Well, I would say this. Think of yourself as not just a lawyer. You can be and you should be more than that. And the T-shaped lawyer gives you a nice idea about what that might mean. I love that. I love the simplicity of that as well. That's that's really good. Thank you, Peter. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. You too. Thanks, Lucy. It's been a pleasure. That's all for today's episode of the Doing Law Differently podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to do law differently and you're looking for some guidance and inspiration to help you along the way, then get your hands on my book, It's Time to Do Law Differently, How to Reshape Your Firm and Regain Your Life. You can get it on my website, lucydickens.com.au forward slash book or on Amazon or Booktopia where you'll also find the ebook versions too. Don't forget to leave a rating and review if you enjoy the podcast and be sure to tell your friends and let other people know too. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.